Good morning, I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, August 24th. Here's today's big idea. Donald Trump's border wall brinkmanship may leave Republicans in Congress holding the bag. The president is threatening to shut down the federal government if Congress does not pony up $1.6 billion for a border wall. By creating a new artificial crisis and making a demand that's unlikely to be met, Trump is setting up his supporters to be inevitably disappointed once again. But he's banking that Republicans on Capitol Hill, like Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, will get blamed far more than him if or when the gambit fails. And frankly, Trump is probably right about this. Trump's campaign pollster, an operative named Tony Fabrizio, has just conducted a survey of Republican voters that found the congressional wing of the party has shouldered far more blame than Trump for everything that's gone wrong these past few months. Everyone's image has taken a hit. Trump's favorability has slipped, so has Ryan's, McConnell has been worst of all. But what is really interesting about the poll is who gets blamed. What do Republicans think is going on when Trump does not fulfill his campaign promises? In Fabrizio's survey, 8 in 10 said it's because the Republicans in Congress did not support the president and blocked his promised proposal. The rest said it's because the president did not work hard enough and do what was needed to be done to fulfill the promise. Bigger picture, only about one in three Americans want to build the border wall, but they happen to be the same people who still support Trump. For the president, who believes losing his core base of support could be fatal, that makes this a hill to die on. Republican leaders on the Hill have no appetite for this fight, though. They believe it will derail the rest of their agenda. To be sure, threatening a shutdown is not without risk for the president. If Trump caves once again and signs a budget without funding for the wall, it could make him look weak and ineffective. If there's a protracted shutdown, independents and moderate Republicans might blame him. This would be the first shutdown in American history to happen when the same party controls both Congress and the White House. Every other shutdown has happened when presidents and leaders on the Hill from opposite parties were at loggerheads. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the White House is expected to send guidance to the Pentagon in coming days on how to implement a new ban on transgender people in the military. Trying to put some meat on the bone after Trump made an abrupt announcement on Twitter, a new two-and-a-half-page memo from the White House directs the Pentagon to deny admittance to transgender individuals and to stop spending money on medical treatment regimens for those currently serving. The memo gives Defense Secretary Jim Mattis six months to prepare to fully implement the new ban. Mattis, under the new policy, is expected to consider deployability. That's the ability to serve in a war zone, participate in exercises, or live for months at a time on a ship. It will be the primary legal means to decide whether to separate service members from the military. Number two. Congressional investigators have unearthed an email written last summer by the now Deputy White House Chief of Staff relating to an effort to arrange a sit-down last year between Trump campaign officials and Vladimir Putin. CNN reports that the aide, Rick Dearborn, sent a brief email to campaign officials last year relaying information about an individual who was seeking to connect top Trump officials with Putin. Dearborn's name hasn't been one talked about much in these ongoing Russia investigations, but he was then-Senator Jeff Sessions's chief of staff, as well as a top policy advisor on the campaign. It's unclear who the individual is, what he or she was seeking, or whether Dearborn even acted on the request. But the email's existence suggests that the Russians may have been looking for other entry points into the Trump campaign. Number three. 
As Jared Kushner returns to the Middle East to help revive Israel-Palestinian negotiations, new political crises on both sides are likely to make his work in the region that much harder, as if Middle East peace wasn't hard enough. Kushner is going to Israel today alongside Deputy National Security Advisor Dina Powell and Middle East Envoy Jason Greenblatt. But since Kushner's last visit to the region in June, a corruption scandal embroiling Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has deepened, leaving the Israeli leader increasingly beholden to right-wing factions in his coalition and even less able to make concessions. Meanwhile, Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas remains unpopular and politically isolated. There's been a decade-long split between his leadership in the West Bank and Hamas leaders in Gaza. It's only widened in recent months. That's The Daily 202 for Thursday, August 24th. You can read more at WashingtonPost.com slash Daily 202. I'm James Hellman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.